Today on Doing Good, the podcast, hitting the road to stop a pandemic after a rush to get the vaccine. Remember that, everybody lining up? Well, now communities are dealing with complacency. Some firmly don't want the vaccine. Others are still thinking about it. But in the heart of central Appalachia, there's a group called Region Ahead, uniting a people with a caravan of vans. As you're about to hear, they're doing more than just delivering shots to communities. We think they're offering healing and hope. Hi, everyone. My name is Susanna. And I'm Elijah. Welcome to Doing Good, the podcast where we and our parents talk about the good that's happening in our community and the people that are making those good things happen. So we actually just kind of sit here until we're told to talk, but we're actually the funny ones, so stick around and listen. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good, the podcast. That's where you've landed, and um, I am Dr. Becky Powers, and I'm very happy to be here this morning with... Susanna. Elijah. Freshly graduated Susanna. Yes. Well, that's not my name. I'm Josh. I'm I'm Mr. Josh. (laughs) Mr. Josh. Congratulations on your graduation, Susanna. Thank you. You're not a high school student anymore. Did you think you you would never make it? No, I knew I would. Yeah. 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 With great confidence. Now, Elijah, do you know you're going to make He's got one more year to go. Do you feel like you're not going to make it? No, dude, I don't know, honestly. Oh, stop. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to make it because I will ride you like I rode Susanna. (laughs) So, and we're just now, as we record this, having just wrapped up really, truly a, a weekend of celebrating Susanna. And that was a lot of fun. Did you feel celebrated? Yeah. Oh, come on. You yeah. had to have, to <laughs> just have so. the cookie bar that you had at your graduation party. Um, she's one smart cookie. Oh, was that the theme? That one the smart theme. cookie? It was on the banner that wouldn't stay up because it was oh, so yeah. stinking windy. Yeah. 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 Mom troubles. Yeah. So anyway, this is, whereas we record this, this is a big time of transition for a lot of people. Lots. A lot of our do-gooder fans. Lots of people are graduating and moving on to the next phase in life. So Yeah, super exciting. And moving on is kind of our theme today, guys. Moving on. Moving on through the pandemic, from the pandemic. We are recording this podcast. Uh, Three quarters maskless. Three quarters have fully vaxxed. One's almost vaxxed. Almost fully vaxxed. Almost fully vaxxed. Give it a week. Natural selection. (laughs) Taking its toll. Uh, Yeah, no, I am super, super, super excited to be podcasting without a mask it's uh, nice i don't know if can our listeners under can they hear the difference so like okay here's here's me with a mask oh you're exaggerating that (laughs) 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 come on you do have to realize it's not been clean audio yeah no it has for the the right reason but yes and i think it was important Mm -hmm. and um but now you know it's really struck me that you know the cdc is is if you're looking for guidance on how to get through this pandemic safely other than facebook right okay you have to rely on the cdc the centers for disease control Mm -hmm. and um and they said back in march of 2020 you gotta wear the masks so that we can help you know help keep people from getting sick and people did and people didn't um we did and didn't get sick didn't get anything right didn't get the flu didn't get a cold didn't get nothing um because we were wearing our masks um 
and um and and you know i feel like i've graded myself and i feel like i was about 92 percent compliant with cdc <laughs> recommendations um Side. so proud of you a yeah. pediatrician and i i um was it like a 93 92 or 91 92 were you rounding many- up I think it was like a 92.3. Okay. I'd still give myself a B. How much of that 8% was you guys hanging out with us? Yeah, that you guys were a big part of the 8%. We were an early pod. Yeah, we were an early pod because we needed to do that for our mental health. Susanna, would you have rather gotten some horrible disease than potting with the Smith family? (laughs) No, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, we had a good good pandemic um, thanks to being able to be together. But um, yeah, so I give myself a 92 and so i feel like i was fairly compliant and then and then the recommendation came out last month saying hey if you're fully vaccinated you've had your second shot and it's been two weeks then you can take the mask off and i was grateful to have gotten my second shot on january the 20th so i um you remember the day yeah i do so now i think it's important for all of us who are fully vaccinated to take the masks off mm-hmm. and it's hard it's hard because it's hard to walk into places and um some places people are still mostly masked and then i was super excited so i thought maybe i don't have to wear a mask in my clinic and yeah no it's mm-hmm. not been lifted for healthcare facilities not even tiny micro outpatient clinics like mine i like to think of it more of a a, a, a robust boutique for the people, health clinic, <laughs> not a tiny micro. <laughs> Susanna, are you going to, have to wear a mask at you uh, at uh, unnamed university where you will be attending in Surprise, the fall? Surprise! I'm going to UT. Yay! Yay! Yay go balls! Go balls! Um, no, I don't think I will. Like at all, okay. I may be wrong. You, but... You'll find out when you get there. Mm-hmm. Go yep. with the flow. I'm so excited. Are they going to be like restricting classroom sizes? No. Do you know? No. Okay. No. That's good. I think ETSU has lifted all those restrictions yeah, too. Really and um and I saw a headline that the first college in the country has mandated that you have to have a vaccine before you come back. UVA, University yeah. of Virginia. So I think that I think that probably will become more of a trend this summer is mm-hmm. that they're going to require people to be vaccinated and if you're not vaccinated then they might throw all kinds of restrictions at you. Well, uh, Lottie Ryans is on her way, and she's our guest today, and she's going to be telling us about the effort to get people vaccinated and and doing it in a way that's unique, I think. So she's coming in in just a few minutes. I'm wondering if anyone this week has has any has any. Oh, let me how I got to put this sentence Uh-oh. because I know the right wording triggers the sound effect. <laughs> uh, let's see has uh, has anyone been caught. Okay, hold on. Uh, our executive producer, <laughs> our executive producer Layton, is <laughs> not like, Where's listening. the stupid sound effect? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Haven't we dropped this bit yet? I think he, oh, he was just one AirPodding it. Not two <laughs> Okay, so I'll ask again. Has anyone found anyone caught doing good? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the sound of the, There we go. What was the crickets chirping? Let's take a minute and just congratulate congratulate Layton uh-huh. um, that he has an intern for the summer. Oh yes. Um, so we now have assistant executive producer Tufe. <laughs> yeah. 
my gosh, this is awesome. Okay. And so, Teve, the the sound effect is just really integral to our um, to our existence. I think Susanna oh, hates yeah. it, and that's why I love what? it. What you hate the you hate the harp? Mm, is it I... cringy? That's what everything yeah, is. Yeah, everything's cringy. cringy. We've embraced that at this point. That's okay. like it's it's fine. Part I'm afraid that that's one of the things my girls. <laughs> My girls did to your boys oh is my taught gosh. them some vocabulary yeah. that yeah. you know may not be appreciated. I think it's hype. Okay, I think it's hype. Is it hype? Yeah, I think yeah. it's. Can hype. I tell you about the new word? What is it? Okay, it's called chuggy. So that's <laughs> for everything. Oh, that's, that's a new one for me too. Chuggy, you literally yeah. just for made that up. That's, no, I didn't. It's for everything that's like really, really outdated. So picture like infinity scarves and chevron print and like monogrammed things that's what i would I literally just bought a monogrammed chevron print infinity scarf what the heck are <laughs> you mean, talking I'm about sure that? that's your jaw it's so chuggy <laughs> mm-hmm. you know one thing I, if we want that to go away though yeah is for us to say just it just to say so it, guess it what goes away it's yeah, on don't be so chuggy uh, it's uh, already uh, lived its life <laughs> <laughs> it dies now i'm like that but we're like that oh who's that big man with the glove in the marvel movies that snaps his finger. Oh, Thanos. Thanos, yeah. yeah I'm thanos You're killing this. the Chuggy. Hey, what, listen to this. Chuggy. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> All right. Guess what? So, everybody, I... Uh, do you have a caught doing good? I caught doing good yeah. one of our previous guests. Oh, wow. The One Acre Cafe. Yes. Who we adore. Yes. Listen back to yeah. the previous episodes. Go into the grooveyard of our archives. Yeah. And you'll find... Caught doing good, uh, the the um, the One Acre Cafe, which just announced that after a year of taking meals, regardless of your ability to pay, out to the front, after a year, they are about to serve guests in their dining room for the first time. Starting the, you'll after you hear this, this will be it's going to be June first. Yeah, yeah, so so we encourage if you are in the general Metro Tri Cities region, come to Johnson City. Discover One Acre Cafe. They're feeding people regard uh, delicious, wonderful, nutritious food, regardless of their ability to pay. And for the first time, back in the dining room, which takes some courage for them because they really have such a, a diverse population, mm-hmm. some of which they just can't control the dynamics on. So right. that's a big step for them. And their volunteers. The big risk has been their volunteers. I wonder of, if that's a place where the mobile vaccine van should go set up. Oh, I think that's a marvelous and idea. maybe capture some of the homeless population. We can talk to our guest Lottie Ryans. who will be here in just a moment. Yeah. But anyone else uh, caught else doing caught good? Uh, Did you hear that, Susanna? That heart. That's chuggy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um. Well, mine's my mom for helping with all the graduation things and making sure I have a good graduation. Use your mask. Well, don't cry. She didn't even cry at my graduation, so I'm gonna make this pretty plain and simple. Okay. (laughs) But she did help with my party, came to my graduation, organized the crazy relatives. Can I just? Can I just say helped with your party? Oh. Ooh. You did? Take it. Take it. Run with it. Like, don't, don't, like don't do you that. said that I helped with the party. <laughs> oh, she did the party. <laughs> Thank you. We all know that your dad essentially was. Oh, yeah. My dad did all the work. Did just, all the work. Yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. going to let her like. <laughs> just, just give her this. Just, just give her gonna this. going to pretend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let her have yeah. her moment. Okay. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs>
Elijah, have you <laughs> Thank caught you, Susanna. doing good, anyone? I would say the Elizabethan school system. Okay. Like some of the people there, they've just been uh, really helpful with, uh, like, especially Forrest Holt. Uh, the athletic who, director. Yeah, Forrest! Forrest! He's amazing. He's the athletic director at Elizabethan, and he's been helping me uh, with uh, vaccine drive. Mm-hmm. So they've just been super helpful and they've been excited about the whole thing. So positive, upbeat, energetic. It's needed. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a great guy. You know, who's left guys. Yeah, it's me. And you know who I'm going to caught doing good. Your husband, Dr. Justin. No, because he didn't do squat for that party. <laughs> I'm going to it just, okay. I'm going to caught doing good. Elijah. Why? Because he put together this vaccine drive for the Elizabethan High School. With a lot of help, he would say. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. still, you floated that thing, right? You went to the meetings. Yeah. No, I was I was there. I've been I've been helping with it. I don't take credit for the whole thing whatsoever. Well, but... then who are you, who are you giving credit to? Well, I was trying to give as much credit to Forrest and yeah, his a lot team. of other people. Team. So I think it's great. Yeah. Well, we're part of that team. And yeah. We, we haven't been involved at all. That's about to change. It's not because I'm <laughs> going to be leaving town. <laughs> it's fun. We're going to get a chance to talk about that. The vaccine effort now. Yeah. We probably. She's here, guys. Is she? She's here. Awesome. I'm excited. You want to well, do the big. Uh, I still. I just got to. I just got to unpack this. Okay. I'm like, why uh, can't you be my caught doing good? Uh, I mean, I'm not arguing with it. <laughs> Can you take a little bit of credit? I mean, it makes me sound good, so. I mean, you did it. You initiated it. You started the idea. You got the ball rolling. It's you. Explain what's happening for our listeners. I mean, this is in the future. It will be in the past for for our listeners. But yeah, so if you're listening to this, you already missed it. Sorry. It's, Don't uh, leave them guessing. What is it? Right. So it's a vaccine drive at Elizabethan High School next to the Tweetsie Trail on May 29th from. 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. It is through the takeashotonlife.org program. Mm-hmm. In dot which, com. Dot com program mm-hmm. in which they uh, partnered with Ballad to bring some vans in which we host the event. They bring the vans and then they vaccinate as many people at, that come. As will come. Yeah, for that four-hour period of time. Ages 12 and up. Yeah. Yes. And you, buddy, put this together. So... You are my caught doing good. That's awesome. You need awesome. to get some like neon poster boards and have some people like stand in the road and wave it around. Glitter glue words. That, get vaccine. Yeah, it's like, it's very safe. You want. Just come get a vaccine out of this big white van. <laughs> Not getting vaccines. It's green, actually, I think. This is a perfect segue because our guest is here. Yes. Let's not keep her waiting anymore. Let's Shall I introduce her? her? Yes. Welcome, everybody. Lottie Ryan's. Hi, Lottie Ryans. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me. That's awesome. So, I, w- I wish our viewers, our listeners could see that you have your green on, yeah. which makes sense. And we could talk about that, and how that ties in, which Dr. Becky's wearing too. And it was completely serendipitous because I was not intentionally wearing green, but you know, I was open to the universe. And the universe <laughs> told me, wear the green. Wear the green. Wear the green. <laughs> now, because that's the color of the vans, which are rolling around our region. We're going to be talking about that. So. Yeah. Also, well, let's just get right in. To it, what is the significance of Green Lottie? Well, for us, it's the Take a Shot on Life campaign, and is 
you know, we keep hearing about the big green vans that are so noticeable, but, you know, that by design, you want something that people see and they come to and they want to know what's going on. So it's the van color and the marketing material color for the um, COVID vaccine campaign that we're doing. All right. And tell us about that. What's unique and special about your, the COVID vaccine drive? So um, probably your listeners have heard of Region Ahead. So that was a group of you know business and community leaders that came together early in the pandemic. And they really first started saying, how can we help small businesses in our region stay in business? And they raised you know several hundred thousand dollars and gave grants to businesses from Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee. So that was really exciting. And they were like, okay, well, what else can we do? So then they did this um, mask campaign that even to this day, if I saw one of those commercials, I'd probably cry because they were just so compelling to really encourage people to wear the mask. Mm-hmm. Well, then we learned that Blue Cross Blue Shield Tennessee Foundation was going to be putting out a um, grant opportunity for a vaccine campaign. And so I went to the region ahead folks and said, you know, you're talking about pivoting and starting to really encourage people to take the vaccine. What can we do? So that team put together this campaign with the idea that we would canvas the eight county region. Um, that we would go make access available. So, you know, into the haulers, if you will, or take it to an industrial park or whatever, so that access is easy for people to be able to um, not have a reason for not taking the shot in terms of I couldn't get there or it was, you know, while I was at work or, or whatever. So right, that's and what I, it's all about. And that's great. You don't need an appointment. If you see the green van, you can just pull up and you can get your vaccine, right? Absolutely. We yeah. do have the ability for people to go online to take a shot on life.com and schedule, which mm-hmm. obviously for carrying that vaccine for right. our healthcare providers that are partners in this with us. So we have Ballot Health and uh, ETSU, both the College of Pharmacy and College of Nursing. Mm-hmm. And then the two health departments are helping out as well so that they can be um, judicious about the vaccines of course but again if we're going to be at a festival you show up you want to get your shot you just walk up there and take take advantage of the opportunity excellent you're with an organization and you in fact run an organization that that uh, that is the host of this so put that that's really the skeleton upon which the rest of this has formed what was that organization and how are you doing that okay so i'm with the first Tennessee development district Mm -hmm. and uh, we are an organization that supports the eight county region in various ways but i happen to be the director of workforce and literacy initiatives so if you think about how can we help get schools back in session, help get businesses back, um, then it's all about let's get the vaccine in people's arms. Um, so we were able to take that, uh, leverage that, because all of the city, town, county mayors are our board of directors, leverage that connection uh, to be able to take the work that the folks with Region Ahead, and we use the Regional DEI Alliance in terms of talking about, let's talk about who are going to be the trusted voices, and we're going to be the trusted locations that we take this uh, campaign. So. As an example, Lester Latney, everybody knows Lester from, mm-hmm. he was with the city, he was with United Way, he's the pastor at Friendship Baptist. So he was both a voice in one of the ads, as well as Friendship was a host site for one of the uh, van campaigns. Prominent African-American leader in our area and, and well-respected. Absolutely. So you've, re- you've you, you, so First Tennessee Development District 
got the grant. You're the grant holder from mm-hmm. Blue Cross Blue Shield Foundation. Mm-hmm. So our foundation, our foundation at the development district got the grant from the Blue Cross Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the money is being used not on the vaccines. You're not having to buy the vaccines, correct, right? Correct. It's, it's on the vans and the marketing of this mm-hmm. and the campaign, right? That's right. So we have like, really two swim lanes, one being the campaign and all the collateral that goes with that. And then also the staffing of the, the vans. So while there are some people who are able to do this as volunteers, we also have some people that this is a summer employment for them. So if there are people who want to be van drivers, they can hire on to do that, right. for example. So, you know, that, that was part of it. The interesting thing about the work on this, initially Blue Cross was not necessarily going after doing the vaccines themselves, more about promoting that. Right. And after talking with the folks involved with Region Ahead, they were like, uh, Ann Ballad, Eric Deaton specifically, is mm-hmm. like, wow, what if we could take vans out? And so we pitched the idea and they really... Um, rethought how they wanted to fund this work. And I think we got the largest grant in the state. It's, uh, it's half a million dollars, it isn't is. it? A little it over 500,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Yeah. So that's really exciting. And, you know, I, who, who knows what's going to happen, but I can see, first off, we are now starting to see obviously children being vaccinated. It wouldn't surprise me if we are still into this, if we wouldn't help with the booster shots, if those come about, because, mm. You think about the flood of people that got shots at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of activity for our health departments and our providers. So, you know, I can see that we might be part of that process in the fall as well. Right. Mm. right. Yeah, I can. I, I think it's tremendous. Getting the vaccine out to where the people are is a huge, um, a huge part of getting getting people vaccinated. And, and I, you know, if there's one message I think people really need to hear is if they want the pandemic to be over, they have to get their vaccine. It's not going to end until we are vaccinated. You know, I think people forget that people are still dying. Yeah. And you know, um, we have been praying for and involved with um, watching the progress of one of the counselors at one of the high school, um, middle schools here in Johnson city. And um, so she got sick mid April maybe, and she's still in rehab from this. And those stories, she's not an older medically compromised person. No, either. She, she is, is a dancer, a runner, you know, very, very healthy individual. But for some reason, while some have gotten it and been fine, she's criti- been critically ill. She's been near death multiple times. And I think people forget that because it's not as fortunately as common when we, I think I saw in the news this morning, um, half of American adults have been right. vaccinated at least once. So, I mean, obviously that has, is helping a lot. And, um, you know, my personal opinion, the masks help tremendously. Oh, and, um, so, you know, I, um, I like when I still see people wearing those and, and uh, I, I feel like for the flu or whatever in the future, I'm going to be a mask wearer in those times. And, um, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I think people can understand this, and you, and why we wanted you to be on our podcast, if they understand a little bit more about you, you came out of corporate America. You worked for a major corporation for years, but you did it here in central Appalachia, in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Did you grow up here? I Was did. This home? So a uh, Science Hill graduate, yes. And how did your family history and your upbringing and your cultural story that we all have in different places and ways. Dr. Becky coming to this area to practice medicine, me being from this area. What about you? How, how do, and how does that inform what you're doing? So it's interesting. My parents um, were from Southwest Virginia and uh, were not educated, but knew the value of education. So my dad did not want my sisters to have to um, have a bus pass them 
to be able to go to school. So he brought them to Johnson City because he knew they could get um, a really good education here. Interestingly enough, too, and I find this to be one of those funny things that happen in life. So I was on the Board of Education and found out my dad and mom were part of the federal lawsuit to integrate schools in Johnson City. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, so they were How did they suing the school that? board. <laughs> so anyway, so my sisters, one of my sisters, one of the first uh, students to go to, I guess, at North Junior High. And so she talks about every day she would go to school and they would tell her she couldn't be there. So just African-American. Yes. So yeah. it's just interesting to how life you know, shifts things. So think about, um, so I am very familiar with rural and, um, also people who might be skeptical of, of things. And so I think that has been part of the impetus for my desire to, to just make sure we have things available and that we again have that trusted voice because, um, sometimes people have been misinformed or taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And I see, have seen that up close and personal. So I want to be a part of a different dialogue on that. Mm. Yeah. How cool to have that, that history of, of a rural America. And, and what that means that for some people, there is a divide when it comes to education and access and opportunity. And you were, your parents kind of showed you what it looks like to, to look that all in the face and go, we're going to make this connection happen. We're yes. going to get, are going to get my children educated and we're going to fight a system that's broken. Yes. And so do, do you see that you're using some of those skills? I'm thinking as you're now doing your work, I would think. Yeah, it's funny, Josh. I remember one time, um, because I'm very active in the post-secondary world, working with Northeast state, the TCAT, mm-hmm. ETSU, Milligan. And I remember, um, making a speech or whatever at a, at something. And I was talking about first generation students and all of a sudden I went, but then it dawned on me, I am one. Yeah. Right. So, um, and, and then when my nieces and nephews started graduating from college, you know, I sent them a, a text one day to say, you are making history because now you're that next generation mm-hmm. that's continued to go on. Aren't our parents proud, oh. you know, and my, um, my dad is deceased, but I can just only imagine if he could have seen all the things that his Children, grandchildren, now great grandchildren are mm-hmm. are doing. But they're proud of you. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. You. And you're, you have sisters, is that right? There are five girls in my family. I'm the wow. baby girl. My nickname is the General because I like to go in and organize and get things done. But all of them are strong women, and we laugh that to marry into our family, you have to be a strong man because you just like leave the room and let the conversation happen. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. General, meet the General. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Peggy was an early advocate of vaccines, uh, not just for this, but for others. So. I'm wondering if the two of you, I'd love to get the take from both of you, because I think where we are right now is, let's be honest, you're rolling these vans out into communities. Maybe we're stepping ahead here a little bit. Tell us how the van thing works. You have host groups, right? We do. And and they make an offer to host a drive. Is that the way it works? Right. So you have a couple of things. You have um, maybe it's churches or maybe somebody's running a festival. Mm-hmm. And we, we started out doing some outreach, but then we had so many people contacting us. It's like we got can't get ahead of our headlights there. Or um, businesses um, have contacted us and said, we really want to make sure that we can make sure our employees are vaccinated if, if they choose to be. And by the way, we'll, they have offered to walk the industrial park where they reside to try to get more businesses. But you know, we do know that the numbers aren't what they were when we had these mass vaccination sites at the beginning right. earlier in the year. Well, okay. So I'm running into in my own practice um, that about 50% of the adults are vaccinated and 50% aren't. And so I have a conversation, I try to have a conversation with those parents about, um, okay, so do you have questions about the vaccine? What is it you're worried about with the vaccine? And I'm hearing, 
all kinds of stuff about that. And I don't want to focus on what is negative. I want to focus on, okay, here's why I got this vaccine, right? And here's why I think this is the right thing to do. Um, because I don't, I don't like to approach, um, I don't like to approach people with scary stories like, you're going to die if you don't get the vaccine because, mm -hmm. you know, it's obviously a lot of these people are not going to die if they don't get this vaccine. But um, but I have gone through this pandemic masking, being as diligent as I could about guidelines, um, and because for me, it was really not wanting to know to have to lay down in my bed at night knowing that I was responsible for getting somebody sick. Um, and so it's, um, so, and, and so then when the vaccine came, finally was here, I've been waiting for the vaccine forever, not forever, for about a year, 10 months. <laughs> um, when that vaccine came out, it was super important to me to get, get that vaccine as early as possible. Um, and I, uh, and, and so I can't quite wrap my brain around why people really, are worried or afraid or don't want the vaccine. Um, so, but what what are you hearing? Like, what are you hearing from people about why they're showing up and getting a vaccine from the green van? Access has been important. Sure. So um, we when we were doing an event in Kingsport, there were some fast food restaurants that were near the church, and this guy was like, I just haven't been able to have the time. And mm -hmm. so he got permission from his boss to run over and get the shot, and she was going to come get it the next day. Um Reverend Charlton, you remember Reverend oh, Charlton? Reverend he was, Charlton. yeah. So he was at Friendship. His, well, probably this may be a HIPAA thing. I don't know, but anyway, his <laughs> wife came and got a shot. Oh, she's so wonderful. Uh, she's she wonderful. probably loves it. Yeah, and so it was great because she had not found it convenient before, right? right. Yeah. right. So that was really good. And yeah. then some of it is because they were asked by the host site. You know that they they trusted, right? They trusted the opportunity that was before them. That's super important. I think that's oh, great yeah. that, um, you know, people may not trust me as a doctor, even if I stand up and, you know, splash myself over the television or whatever. <laughs> um, but if somebody's pastor says, get the vaccine, then oh, yeah. then they'll get the vaccine. Or yeah. if somebody's trusted employer says, let's get the vaccine, they'll get the vaccine. So, Well, as a patient of your practice, Dr. Powers, I could say that you're saying the vaccine's important matters to me, but I see your point. Yeah. But there are people for whom medical sources and, and, and in my position in news sources, they don't trust what's on the news. Mm -hmm. So trust has become a major issue that transcends the whole pandemic. It mean, it's a major issue in our country today. Yeah. I don't trust what I'm hearing. So it is interesting. We did some survey work before we put the campaign together. And I guess in, in addition, what we saw in a addition to what we read other places, medical people are one of the trusted voices, fortunately, right? So, but they want to talk to their doctor more, right. right? They want to hear it from their doctor that this is the good thing for me to do. Right. And I have, I've had those conversations with patients and I've been, and I've told them, I said, look, if we really, if you, you need to get your shot, if you want this to end, I'm tired of wearing this mask in here. <laughs> I'm not, I was not thrilled about being, um, uh, about having to mask in the first place. I did it and I was diligent with it. Um, but I don't, uh, I've not found it 
pleasant or um, even comfortable wearing the mask, and I don't want to wear them anymore. And it's interesting to me, you said that even during flu season, you're going to mask. It's like, no, I'm not going to mask. I'm going to take my flu vaccine every year. I'm going to wash my hands. And, um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to treat every illness that we've dealt with up until this point, like COVID, because COVID is different. And people don't appreciate that COVID is is not there are a lot of people who don't appreciate that COVID is different. That's true. Um, and so COVID is different, and I'm going to treat COVID different, but I'm not going to treat flu like it's COVID. <laughs> um, and so I um, and so I'm not wearing the mask again until unless the CDC tells me I need to wear a mask because I do follow CDC guidelines. I had some somebody say to me, "But you're so much smarter than the CDC," and I, I was like, uh, "No, a no." <laughs> No, I'm not so much smarter than the CDC. Um, And B, you know, it's like you've got to start thinking about more than just yourself and your immediate surroundings. You really, when you're dealing with a disease like COVID, you must think about your entire community and, you know, and, and really start to understand that your community is also the entire globe. It's, it's Mm -hmm. not... It's not just you. Yeah. The, the, what's been fascinating to me is it's no respecter of person, right? So right. you can have the healthy person we just spoke about mm-hmm. earlier. You can have – it just like skips over or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I think for me, getting the shot was like a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. And I do trust the science. I right. When you talk about the flu shot or whatever, I do trust the science. Um, I couldn't re- believe just how, how relieved I felt. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine for those who are still really practicing all the – previous guidelines, but still don't want to get the vaccine. I'm like, how do you get your life back to normal? I'm not sure how I could go forward. Uh, So I was anxious and excited when I got the call that I I got the Mm J&J. When I got the call that it was available, I had an appointment. It's like, I'm there. Let's go for it. I did. I did. I remember the first time, my first shot, I literally did cry. I was so relieved and and just the feeling of the weight that, that had been lifted from me. Because up until that point, anybody in my office who called and was sick and I thought this really could be COVID, I was going to their house to see them because I didn't want to bring them into my office where I had well babies coming in and my staff has people in their families who would not do well if they got COVID. So um, so I just remember the feeling of trying to balance all of that. And when I finally got that first shot, it was just like... we've all learned how we all respond differently to things. And I think so you're now meeting people in parking lots, your volunteers and your, your employees and who are making this vaccine uh, initiative happen. Uh, I'm focusing on the positive, but have you run into barriers or have you hit walls or where is the struggle point right now as you as region as first tennessee development district and region ahead and ballot and etsu and all the partners come together and you pack pack the 90 some vaccines onto a van and you roll out there you know we're we're about to host one at elizabeth and then elijah helped organize but then we heard 90 some vaccines are going to be on that van first come first serve you've been meeting with crowds that aren't even close to 90 right so where are you struggling? What's happening? So I think one of the things is because it's the most fluid project I've ever worked on because when we started it, then vaccines were in short supply and then you know, then you get to now and you don't have to wear masks and 50% are vaccinated and that sort of thing. So I think there are people who believe it's gone 
and that there's no longer, well, maybe it's not considered a pandemic anymore, but it's still a health issue. And so I think the whole idea, well, it's warm weather, we everything's open back up. I don't need the shot. So I think there's that false sense of security for some people. And then there are others who still say it's too quick. I'm not sure at this point how people can feel that way as many people across the nation who have been vaccinated. And while there have been some, you know, um, issues that were very serious or we did have a few deaths early on, I, I recognize that in comparison to other things, it's um, the numbers were so, so, so small. Um, so the fear, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I totally understand that from individuals, but I think that's just it. It's I'm still waiting, waiting for what, and, oh, I don't need it now. It's gone. So I think those are the two big things. Yeah, I, I would agree that that I'm hearing a lot of, well, I just, I just need some more time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like there's a hundred million people who have been vaccinated and everybody seems to be doing fine. You feel a little puny after your second shot, but you know, everything else is, is okay. And some worry about long-term stuff that we won't know for years. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, re- that's a big, I think, driver for much well, of the fear. And I can't, but there's just you, there's no guarantees in, yeah. in anything. Well, you think about the, is it called long haulers? You know, there are yeah. people who've had COVID that they don't know what their long-term and right. many are still suffering from that. So, you know, I, I guess you have to choose what you're more comfortable mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the unknowns. Although, um, a lot of the composition, and I'm going to let Dr. Becky can speak to it very, um, Factually, but you know, there's a lot of the technology and a lot of the makeup of the drug that's not new, right? So, no, well, that's the thing that frustrated. That's the thing that has frustrated me is people saying like, "I just don't know." And I look at people and I'm like, um, "We've been making vaccines for almost a hundred years now." And really, if you look at other processes of um, of you know driving immunity, even from you know centuries ago, we've been we've been doing this sort of process of introducing a foreign agent for lack of a better word and getting our, and tricking our bodies into believing that they've had the illness for centuries mm-hmm. and 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 that's all this is and people got all hung up on the fact that it's this um RNA and and thinking that it was somehow going to change their own RNA and I'm like uh no every time you get the cold your body's reacting to the RNA in that virus and so it's just what what your body can recognize and they can practically and cost effectively and everything else um, use to kind of trick your immune system. Um, and that's and that's really what it is. It's tricking your immune system into believing you've had an illness that you have not had. Um, Just like and, a flu shot and other right, vaccines. Right, exactly. And, and, your, and your tetanus shot. I mean, and nobody goes around going, I don't trust that tetanus shot because it's been around for... Now that sucker hurts. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Tetanus, the tetanus shot does not hurt. Um, I mean, that made my COVID shot arm sore compel in comparison yeah, to my you tetanus must have shot arm something sore. Else. So, but because tetanus doesn't tetanus doesn't hurt going in. I don't know. Maybe it hurts. I don't know. At any rate, I know arm what sore pain. I know what hurts going in because I have to give those shots to babies, and oh, they will tell you without yeah. a doubt what hurts going in. But um, yeah, it's been it, it's it. There's some the arguments that people come up with uh, to me, and then I'm just like, 
but that doesn't make any sense. And then trying to find a way to communicate to them in a way that they can understand and value um, enough to make change and be willing to go and just get the darn shot. So it's interesting. That's one of the nice things about having all these medical personnel do the vans Mm -hmm. because they are spending time answering questions Mm -hmm. and you well, know, that's I didn't even thought about. Yeah, that. Yeah, so you know, they they sometimes are convincing people on the spot that it's really okay, right? So that's mm. been nice to hear those stories. You know, I think one of the things I heard, and I was like, well, this makes sense. So the whole vaccine process was called warp speed, right? So people, the nomenclature has yeah. caused people to believe, well, they, you know, bypassed important all the safety things, regulations, but they did. No, they no, didn't. it just you know, you just um, sometimes things are a process and be labored because that's bureaucracy. Well, they took that out of it, right? right? But I think that in itself has caused some people to go, mm, maybe not. And that's to be applauded when you, when you think about what, what happened in Amazing our country rate, that, right? that they were got this out and deployed and that we now have in the back of a Ford Econoline van that's been painted green <laughs> and is rolling down the road in the middle of nowhere trying to get it to people yes. in the period of a year and a half, yes, really. I mean, that's amazing. really, truly amazing. Something else that amazes me is we're kind of moving towards the process in which our team hosts are going to come in and ask you questions. And I, I'm excited for that because I really do think you're right now trying to get their generation, that 16 and older, that's super invincible and they don't 12 feel... 12 and older. 12 and older, yeah. And they don't feel... They don't feel bad often and when they do they shake it off pretty quickly but they're the ones that have been identified as as keys in this so but as we do another thing that's amazing to me and we try to give our podcast listeners some takeaway stuff and a takeaway here is you have brought people to the table and and been a conduit to bring people to the table in our region we you know there's this sort of background issue that's a whole other podcast on this idea of regional unity getting people all of whom have their own um turf their own tribes and you're getting them together you're part of that effort i think to unify the area in this kind of unexpected way i mean three years ago we were talking about uniting our region around economic development and education all that stuff and now we're reunited around fighting the pandemic do you see that happening and and what are some takeaway lessons that you're learning as a regional unifier bringing some people together i think if people can see what the end game is, I think that's helpful. So, hey, the end game here was keeping businesses open, getting schools back and said, keeping people alive, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter where you're from, what you do. Um, and having people that, the like the Andy Dietrich that has kind of led the charge for region Local businessman. Local businessman. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to do good. He just wanted to see the region move ahead. Thrive. And it didn't matter Nobody needs to get credit. I mean, Region Head was not about giving credit at all, and um, which I think was really pretty cool, too. That really was cool yeah. to see no one trying to get a, a praise or a contract or anything. They just were, let's just, yeah. let's make this place better. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about me having come from the corporate world. So all of this area was my territory. So I didn't have any lines between areas, right? And I sent my technicians where they needed to go. So I kind of already had that mindset going in i think and then if you look at our region in general we're a commuter region uh people live in one city work in another maybe worship in another it's just it's our region mm-hmm. and it's home and so i think what's happened through region ahead is a great um model for how we can go forward yeah. i love it are yeah. we ready for our teens i think we're ready for let's our bring teens. them in now this is the fun part lottie are you ready i hope so yeah they may they may want to play a little game with you Okay. Just a small game because, you know, they like, think we should end on a fun note. So here comes our teen hosts. Hey, Lottie, how are you? Great. Nice it's to really see nice you. to meet you. You too. 
I think we wanted to start off just by like expressing our appreciation for all that you've been doing um, with uh, uh, the whole green van thing. Like I know that uh, whenever I found that, that we were super, super thankful that we could have something so easy and so ready to do something that we had been wanting to do for a really long time. And uh, I know that was your goal, which was to make it as available as possible. And the goal was to make the vaccine as available as possible, but you also made it for people that wanted to help making, uh, helping other people even more available and ready. So really appreciate that. I love that that you're not waiting for people to come to the vaccine. You're taking the vaccine to the people. Well, and I'm excited that you guys are asking for it to come. You know, I think that's a cool thing too. As you said, people who wanted to do something, now they have a means to help do something. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really the next step. And I'm sure you do too, because that's why you did it. I wanted to know what inspired the vans, like in the first place, did someone have like, who had the idea for those vans? Eric Deaton, who is um, COO with Ballot Hill. Uh, we were on a call one evening talking about what this whole campaign could look like. He said, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could just get vans and go around the region? You know, because you think Northeast Tennessee has Hancock County, more rural, Johnson County, more rural. So oftentimes we think about things are like downtown Johnson City, right? That's easy. Yeah. But getting out to rural, um, some of our more rural areas. And so it's like, got to tease him though, because sometimes the devil's in the details. And then I tease him when we have any struggles. And I say, what did you come up with this with, Eric? But no, I'll give him credit for that. It was great. And then we had Andy Dietrich, who has a car dealership going, well, we can help figure this out. You know, we can help try to find vans because they're not hard. They're not easy to come by right now. So it's nice to have that connection. And so, you know, people kind of play, playing to their strengths of being able to help make this happen. Sometimes, yeah. th- sometimes those wouldn't it be fantastic ideas end up being the best things ever yes also we know that vans are like on short or like not in stock right now because vehicles at all yeah it's really strange when we were going to our original swim meet they didn't even have vans that would like fit all of us we just had to take minivans because people are renting cars a bunch apparently now well apparently there's some chip that goes in cars and washing machines and whatever yeah. that they can't get. So, I mean, they, uh, we tease and they goes, looks like you're going out of business because they can't get vehicles right now. Yes. And you, as you described, people are also um, renting a lot too. Mm-hmm. And just a lot's happening in that space. But so we were lucky. I mean, it took, when we first started talking about this, Andy had his eyes on some vans one place and then all of a sudden those were gone. So we had to go looking again, but to have somebody that's in that business to go find those for us was a lifesaver. Yeah. How many total vans do you have? We have three. Three total vans, okay. Do they go different places? Or they do, do they they travel together or go to different they locations? They go to different places. So the idea is you just spread them out, you yeah. know, wherever the, they mm-hmm. are. Now, there may at some point be a time when we need to have them all together if there's like a really huge something happening. But right, right. now, we try to have them in different communities. That's smart. Is That's it smart. 90 vaccines per van or 30 for each van? Well, it depends. So um, it could like... they. The Johnson & Johnson and the Pfizer have different um, storage requirements and cold chain okay. processes and stuff. So they, what we try to do is uh, get a feel for how many would be people might be at an event so that they don't have waste. Um, so that's really important. Of course, when you're doing that second shot, you know how many to take. Yeah, right. that yeah. was my next question. You administer the Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson yes. vaccines. Yeah. Okay. So we try to go 
Johnson & Johnson is the easiest thing for us to do just because we can get more places because with Pfizer, obviously, you have to make that second trip. Yeah. We will do that, and we know that there are people who want to, us to do that. But then there are many that say, one and done, and you know, I was one of those. So uh, we do try to accommodate what the host site is interested in when we can. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Can you explain why it's important for teens to get vaccinated and for other people who would seemingly have low to no risk at all to become vaccinated? Just to protect others is is a big thing for me. And as we've talked about, um, the vaccine, excuse me, the, um, the COVID virus doesn't necessarily skip teens, right? I mean, the incident may not be as high, but teens still have gotten sick with it and, and, and have had some fatality. So just to be able to protect yourself, protect others, um, to get the community more widely open, I think that's very, very important. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, how are you encouraging them? People like you, uh, you know, people who understand it, that understand the importance of it. I think that's a really important motivator here. Talking with parents, um, looking for events where teens will be, family events. So some of the things we'll be doing this summer are things where we know that people will be there with their children now that we can vaccinate with the Pfizer vaccine 12 and up. So um, just looking for places and spaces where we know that families will be there and can go, oh, great, I had planned on taking you know little Johnny and here you are. I'll, we'll take care of it right here at this event. Yeah. So it's free, right? You it just is walk free. up and say, hey. Yes. And no appointment. No appointments required, um, and it, it is free across the nation. That's the exciting thing is because people had a misconception they had to pay for it, or if they were uninsured, they couldn't get the vaccine. That's yeah. not the way it works at all. Do you hope – well, you go ahead. So is there, like, paperwork you have to do? They'll take down your – they do have to file information with the state, so they would take down your name, you know, very minor information. Yeah. Um, so that they can put that into the system. That's so simple and accessible, though, like. Like everyone should take advantage of it. Yes. Do you hope to see other places around the nation doing something similar to that? Well, so it's really interesting. Um, Blue Cross, as we said, the foundation is the um, funder, and their national entity has been in contact with my colleague who helps to manage our foundation and do, doing some news stories around it because they think this is a really clever and creative way to get the vaccine out. So that's good. That's so fun. they have plans to move it around the nation. Well, they're encouraging others to say, look at I this see. model. Yeah, that's and, good. And going off of that, the overall goal is for it to not to have to be in operation anymore. Right. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah. If we can get um, everybody vaccinated and then the vans can go off and do something else. Yeah. yeah. Have a new purpose. Yeah, absolutely. A huge part of this segment of the podcast is talking about, teen involvement and uh, how teens can possibly learn from this situation. We talked about why teens should become uh, vaccinated, but why should they be invested in helping other people and really helping move along this program? You know, you hope that that's something that's almost intuitive, that's something that they people have been raised seeing the value of helping others is just part of our human existence. Um, and I think having like having the vans at Elizabeth high school, for example, that's showing teens as leaders. I think sometimes we talk about children, our future will, you, you are leading today and to be able to say, we want to make our community healthy. We want to get everybody back to work and those kinds of things, you know, that impacts you, whether you're in high school or whether you're going to college, because that is your opportunity today and tomorrow. Um, and 
I think that your generation has uh, a compassion for others that's different than some other generations. And I think you all tend to see things in a more global way and how you can impact. And I think that empathy is really strong. And to be able to give you that conduit for showing that empathy for leading and showing by example is a really important thing. I agree. Okay. Um, Have you had like pushback or hate from the public? Do you have any kind of horror stories from that? Um, I don't, but I can tell you that um, we have had, um, I think one of our locations had some people that did some ugly Facebook things because they were promoting it via Facebook. And, you know, one of our pastors got some pushback um, about that, which is so unfortunate when you're trying to do good. Um, You know, he just took the high road and you just move on. But um, I guess there will always be haters, as they say. (laughs) I think the important thing is that there is going to be a difference of opinion, but ultimately these aren't people that are trying to do something wrong, but in their own eyes, um, these people that are trying to, um, like you, trying to encourage this thing, they're only trying to help other people. And that's something that is important and hopefully should be taken into account by other people more. Agreed. Yeah. You know, really get over that difference of opinion. Yeah. And, it, you know, it is optional. So, you know, to be shaming somebody for going to, for offering the shot or for somebody for getting the shot or somebody for wearing the mask. That's just immature and irresponsible. Yeah. Exactly. All you guys are doing is providing the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Is it seven days a week though? The van availability. Uh-huh. So yeah. it, if an event's on a Sunday afternoon, we'll do it. So we, it's not running seven days a week, but we have lots of events. Oh, it falls not a set schedule. But. Correct. So okay. basically when the host site says, um, you know, can you do this? For example, we're doing a Juneteenth event in Kingsport or um, the event in Elizabeth. And so as somebody says, hey, can you come to us? That's the model we're using right now. Okay. Now, you know, w- whether that changes later. And uh, again, it's been very fluid. So um, it, it may change and that we may say we're going to be here, here and here. But right now we are moving into where people are inviting us to. What do you see as being the next step after all of this? Maybe possibly even after the vans. How do we get from the point where we are now to you believing uh, us getting to a point where we're fully vaccinated in this area? So, um, of course, we're keeping up and watching the numbers. Um, I imagine um, that the next step may be that booster at some point. Um, we will continue. The next great thing is the people who are working the events will say if one person shows up, that's a win, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that we will continue to promote and encourage the opportunity and just keep pushing and going as long as we have people willing to, to come and get the vaccine and um, people you know interested in helping others to get that. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have a, um, is it like a calendar plan or is it just kind of like do the best we can day to day, week to week, month to month, and then just hope it comes as soon as possible? Like, is there a month that you'd hope to be slowing down by or a year. Or so anything. originally um, the grant w- is set to expire September, October timeframe, but I think we'll just have to evaluate where we are at that time. Mm-hmm. And if there's more work, more good work that needs to be done and we'll just go back and, and you know talk about, Hey, we still see that there's this need if, if there is um, in an ideal world, we would have people vaccinated by the fall and, that this would be a, a his, historical conversation, not one of what our next step will be. That's what our, we'd really like to yeah. see. And uh, this grant, is it purely for the vans or is it for something larger? It's for marketing. 
So, yeah. Paying employees. Yeah. So all, all of those things. Yeah. So if you think about the billboards and um, the TV ads and those kinds of things, while some of the creative and things are being done gratis, um, you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. those are companies that need to pay their employees as well. So part of that goes to helping make sure those uh, expenses are covered as well. Right. And these great t-shirts that say, take yeah, a shot on like. life. So, hey, t-shirts and buttons so that we have people walking around, you know, at the grocery store with this on and somebody going, hey, where'd you get that t-shirt? Where'd you get your shot? Yeah. It, it creates conversation. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of the blood drive truck, like the marsh truck. You'd go in, get it done, get a t-shirt, go represent. Yes, absolutely. So from your perspective, what can teens be doing in their own communities to benefit the greater good? Um. I would love to see more teens um, requesting the van to come, you know, whether it's to their church or maybe they're having their uh, football camp and they would like um, to make sure all their teammates are um, vaccinated or something like that. I think as teens have ideas for promotion, we are wide open to, hey, give us an idea about how to make this more available or how to help promote it more. Um, You know, I only know what I know and, and the things that might motivate you may be different than what might motivate motivate me. So I would love to have ideas sent to us for, Hey, did you think about doing this event or did you promote it this way or whatever? We'd just love to hear from you. Yeah. We had one of those ideas earlier. Like the vans could go to the one acre cafe in Johnson city. Mm-hmm. I think mom said that, right? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it probably was. But mom. that would be beneficial to, Absolutely. for the homeless population in Johnson Absolutely. city. So we can certainly reach out to see if they have interest in allowing that to happen and it's possible the health department may have already been there but um mm-hmm. but it could be a second time to come because you know like everything else different people show up different times but that is a grand idea yeah right i think it's time for we just have a, a short a game. game oh no yeah so we've learned a lot about what you're doing you know your professional life but we also want to know a little bit about you personal so life some fun stuff well i well i know the answers <laughs> <laughs> yeah going to play some Would You Rather. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know what that is? I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's I think so. Would You Rather. Yeah. Okay, my first question is, I lost it. Would you rather um, stay the night in a dark cave by yourself or stay the night in a zoo cage? Just a zoo cage. With an animal? Oh, <laughs> both, both probably with an animal. Uh, probably the zoo cage, so I could see <laughs> what I'm running from. True. <laughs> All right. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors, or go into the future and meet your great great grandchildren? Oh, that's tough. I don't have grandchildren yet, so I can't even imagine what that feels like. So I'm going to say for now past because I hear all these great stories Mm -hmm. and just understanding what shaped them that ultimately shaped me. Right. That's more. Would you rather lick someone lick your face or bite your arm? Lick lick my face or bite my arm? Bite my arm. I don't like people touching my face. Okay, Elijah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Conveniently, I'm the one with with the mask. With the mask. All right. Would you rather be able to talk with the animals or speak all foreign languages? Oh, foreign languages. Yeah. You don't want to be able to, like, talk squirrel. Uh, Yeah, and I'm not a big animal person, so, you know, maybe if I were, it would be different, but I have to You've never wanted to know, but, like, a a horse is thinking or... Uh, Not really. (laughs) That's fair. My last one is, would you rather live in a bubble or in a tree until you die? A tree. A tree. 
I'd probably say the same thing. Walking around with, in a bubble would be inconvenient. Just Does it not pop? No. You could just do your own thing in a tree, though. Become a feral person. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see far places, yeah. right? You know? Build so. a house up there. Yeah. All right. Would you rather be uh, deaf or blind? Um, I think blind because I'm such a communicator that to be able to hear all the sounds, I think, is important. Yeah. But not saying it'd be tough to right now. And I, oh, wow, this I think I think I'd rather be have my sense of humor. Uh, awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks for, for having telling me. us about the green vans. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to say to our audience? Just take a shot on life. Um, get your vaccine. Get your loved ones vaccinated, your friends and neighbors. And you can go to takeashotonlife.com to see where the van's going to be close to you. So uh, where can we find you? So um, for the take a shot. It's takeashotonlife.com, and then my organization is ftdd.org, First Tennessee Development District.org. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening to Doing Good, the podcast. And you can find us if you'd like to hear more at our website at we'redoinggood.com or on Facebook or Instagram at We're Doing Good. So please like our pages and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We all have something that we can be doing. So just take the first step. Everybody show some love and do some good. Have a great day.